Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, the 49ers and Cowboys playoff rivalry has been renewed, and the 49ers, after, what, 27 years of not facing Dallas in the postseason, they get that win. They beat the Cowboys in Texas, and that's always a, a monumental thing for the 49ers franchise. Hell, a road playoff win is a monumental thing for the 49ers franchise because there are now only six of them in the 49ers franchise history. John Brody beat the Minnesota Vikings back in 1970, and then the 49ers lost to the Cowboys on, on the road in the NFC Championship the very next week that year. Then you move, had to go all the way to Joe Montana in 1988, 49ers at the Bears at frigid Soldier Field. Steve Young didn't have a road playoff win. Colin Kaepernick had three over the Falcons in 2012, and then two of them, one at Lambeau Field where the 49ers will head next in 2013, and then one at Carolina in that very same season. And now Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers have a road playoff win under their belts. Uh, this was... Matt, a team win by every stretch of the imagination. The 49ers defense held the Dallas offense, which had led the league in scoring over the regular season to two touchdowns under their average. The 49ers offense, well, they weren't great in the second half, but they had a really efficient first half to set the table. And, you know, the special teams uh, still really iffy for the 49ers, still did some stuff to keep Dallas in the game. But at the end of the day, the 49ers, thanks to the collective efforts offensively and defensively, were able to go in and advance, and it's going to be Green Bay next. Yeah, I mean, uh, we should point out that on special teams, Robbie Gold had a really nice game a week after he had a good one in uh, Los Angeles as well. But you're right. It's just one. It's it's almost like what creative way can the 49ers be punished by their special teams? And uh, they, they found uh, yet another one, a fake punt um in the uh in the fourth quarter which ended up Dennis being a twisted tortuous um never ending fourth quarter and and I think that sort of uh, I mean it, it it was frustrating for fans it was frustrating to watch 
anxiety-filled, and I think that colored a lot of people's kind of perception on how the 49ers did. Um, even their their locker room afterwards, we could hear them through the wall celebrating, but it wasn't quite the boisterous celebration that they had in Los Angeles last week. But the bottom line is that a win is a win is a win, and I, I just wonder whether you kind of felt that way especially against Dallas with all that history we were talking about in the run-up to the game, um, how you kind of came out of that game, whether it was just sheer joy or whether it was a little bit of a a qualified feeling for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you're right. That fourth quarter, it it felt like it was was three hours long. It was just up and down, and it was – Big play after big. It was penalties. It was mistakes. It was, you know, the George Kittle almost fumble. You know, that was the only time I've ever jumped up and screamed during a football game. But uh, it was, I mean, like you it's a win. It's a win. I mean, and it's hard to get a win, especially in the playoffs on the road. And my hat's off to to that front four. I mean, I, I think that was a difference maker in this whole football game. Even after Nick Bosa goes down, guys stood up and they really got after Dak Prescott. And, you know, it was emotions were going everywhere. I was at the radio station and the whole floor was just screaming and hollering. But, you know, to come out in that first half and just dominate the first half the way the 49ers did and then come out the second half and just struggle. And then all the mistakes and the interception. Uh, But, you know, a win is a win. And, you know, in the playoffs, it's if it's ugly. If you get a W, it's still a win. So, I mean, I think these guys should be proud of themselves. Um, you know, they, they went into Dallas. This is this is one of the, the number one scoring offense in the NFL. A lot of talk was about their pass rush uh, and, you know, the, the explosiveness on the uh, on the side of the Cowboys. And, and I think the, the 49ers defense really went out and they and they made a lot of strides. I mean, a lot of guys stepped up and. Uh, Ambry, Th- Ambry Thomas, you know, he's growing up in the NFL. He's becoming a really good cornerback, makes some good plays. But the special teams frustrate you. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, it frustrates everybody, I think. But uh, a win is a win. It's an ugly win, but it's a win. And you get to continue and you get an opportunity to continue to play and compete for a championship. And, you know, we have to remember, keep this in perspective. Dallas, the advanced metrics, DVOA, had the Cowboys as the number one team in the entire NFL. So the 49ers just went on the road, notched a road playoff win against what some of the analytics thought was the best team in football. And, you know, there's really no other way to to, to, to say that. that. That's impressive. Was it perfect? No. But the 49ers survived and advanced. And again, just the sixth playoff win in franchise history. That shows you how rare these things are that shows you how much they should be valued and now the 49ers have to turn around and get another one if they want to continue the Super Bowl dream next week at Green Bay it's going to be on Saturday night it's going to be cold at Lambeau Field and you know I think it's fitting Matt because the 49ers in week three lost to the Packers at home and there was a lot of talk after that loss about how much the 49ers defense had fallen off since 2019 because remember in our predictions before that game we thought, oh, the 49ers, they're going to overwhelm the Packers up front again. They have another good defensive line. Green Bay, I think, was missing a lot of offensive linemen in that game. It was it was down to like their third string left tackle. And the Packers really neutralized the 49ers up front. They were the first team to start really chipping Nick Bosa. 
The 49ers had no answer for that because they couldn't get a pass rush from anybody further down the line. And obviously the secondary was still really sketchy at the time. And it got to the point where Green Bay moved the ball 42 yards in 37 seconds to turn what looked like a 49ers win into a loss. And we were like, oh, well, looks like the 49ers defense isn't going to be all that this year. It's going to be up to the offense to get it done. But seasons are long. Stuff evolves. And with this Dallas game, it evolved to the point of the 49ers defense again leading the way, especially to close the game out in the second half. And what's more, they did it without Nick Bosa, who suffered a concussion in the first half. And they finished it off without Fred Warner, who hurt his ankle in the fourth quarter. And that's what good defenses do. They find a way to get the job done, even when they're not at full strength. And I'll tell you what, this 49ers pass rush, Charles Amenahu is a guy they you know, traded for before the deadline for a sixth round pick. He had a sack and a half. He was bringing Tyron Smith, who is an all pro left tackle for Dallas. Eric Armstead, I mean, phenomenal, obviously rushing from the inside. He was all over the run game in the past game. Kevin Gibbons was good today. Sansom Ebucom was good. This is over the course of the season evolved from a one person pass rush. Nick Bosa, maybe with a sprinkling of D Ford, but D Ford's not around anymore. It's evolved from that into a team-wide unit to the point where this was their highest pressure rate of the season, and it came without Nick Bosa playing most of the game. To me, that's phenomenal, and it just shows you the job that Chris Kacerik has done to change this team, develop this team over the course of a long season. Yeah, that's the season-long theme for this team. Last week, it was Colton McKivitz coming in for Trent Williams. This week, it's Charles Amenahue, probably somebody that not a lot of 49ers are real familiar with, but that's the beauty of the way that they play defensive line. They're rotating nine guys through there in a game. So these guys all have snaps. They all have experience. So at a point where they need to tap guys like Amenahue and Arden Key and Samson Ebucom, they're ready to step up. And and they all did today. And and, and that's really kind of the mark of, of a good team. And you mentioned the Packers and, and sort of the measuring stick that they're going to provide uh, all of us, because uh, especially that secondary, that that was the theme of that, the end of that game. Remember, uh, Aaron Rodgers was uh, targeting Devontae Adams and just eating up the 49ers. I think D'Amador Lenore was in at that point. Um, and uh, David, uh, I mean, uh, Dennis mentioned Ambry Thomas. I mean, that he personifies the evolution that this this defense has gone through it just gets better and better each week uh and, and i think that's what we're finding with the 49ers and i think that's what a lot of uh people around the league are seeing this is a team that is getting better each week and it's 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 peaking right now as we go into the playoffs now i think a, a good question is whether they've had too much in a short period whether they can sustain it but boy they're confident and, and they're winning um, games in which they're not playing perfectly still. Uh, but, uh, you know, the two things that, that travel well in the playoffs, defense and running the ball, especially stopping the run on defense, that's something, Dennis, that this team does really well. And so that, that kind of translates to whichever team that you're playing. And uh, maybe this weather that they're going to deal with in Green Bay, it's going to be cold et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that takes a little bit out of Aaron Rodgers' uh, passing attack and plays into the 49ers' hands. Uh, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is probably pretty used to the cold weather uh, in Green Bay. But, you know, another thing that has to travel well is your special teams. And, you know, that's a whole different 
show, I think, if we talk about the special teams and some of the mistakes. You know, I, I think that that uh, that fake uh, punt was kind of the turn of the game. The, the, the Cowboys kind of got a little momentum after that. And, you know, things like that have to be fixed. I mean, you have to play good on special teams uh, if you're on the road. And, you know, the question is, you know, next week, you know, with the short week now, it looks like they might play on Saturday. Will you have Nick Bosa and will you have um, Fred Warner? I mean, those are two of your best defenders uh, on the team. So, you know, that's it's going to be another game. If, if they're not in there, you got to stand up and, and, and you have to play well, guys who are out there. But you're right. I mean, this team just looks – it looks like it's it, it was getting healthier. Uh, but here's the thing. They're, they're getting some confidence. You know, you got some rookies now to get some confidence uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and some guys who, on that defensive line, who 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 hasn't got who haven't gotten a, a lot of reps because guys are so good in front of them. Nick Bosa, and, and you know he's out there, and then Charles comes in tonight, and he gets a, a sack and a half. So, you know, it's it's guys that just kind of have it, it's playoff. It's it's do or die. It's do or go home. So. You know, it, it it was it was encouraging to see you know this defense stand up. I was getting a little worried that last drive. Uh, it it kind of looked like the 49ers were you know everything was being caught in front. It reminded me of that Green Bay game when you know Dak takes off down the middle. It looked like the 49ers were kind of guarding or or kind of using the sidelines trying to keep the ball in front of them and in the in the in the field of play. But a lot of big plays at that last drive. And I think if you know, if Dak Prescott would have been able to to kind of clock that ball, if the referee wouldn't have knocked him over and you know bumped into the offensive line, we might be talking maybe a different story right now. But you know, you at the end of the game, I mean, that's what frustrates me about the Forty. It just seems like they can't take anyone out the game. They can't, you know, when when it's time to kind of knock knock a team out, kind of put your foot on the throat and, and kind of. Get a game out, of, get get a team out of the game. The 49ers, 49ers seem to like let teams kind of stick around, and in the playoffs, especially against Aaron Rodgers, he showed it once. You can't give him give him the ball, uh, and at with any time left on the clock, and give that much feel, that much cushion, and expect to win a football game. But they came out winners today, so you know that's next week. But those are things that have to be fixed. Your special teams and you know your defense. You have to be able to. You know, to, to, if, if you're up by 17, 20 points, that has to be it. No more scoring. You have to you have to kind of, you know, take the head off the snake and, and, and eliminate teams. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, the 49ers on the regular season finished with a top five offense, a top five defense, and the special teams ranked number 27. So 
you know, it's it's easy to get lost in, you know, individual things that go wrong in one big game in a playoff game. But uh, I think Dennis hits the nail right on the head here. You talk about special teams. It's not just a fluke now at this point for the 49ers. They had that punt where uh, Dallas had that punt with the 49ers roughed the punter, extended a drive. That could have been very costly, but the defense held up. And then obviously the fake punt that the 49ers again weren't ready for, which is inexcusable since a fake punt has already burned them in the past. And that was at, at Seattle. So uh, those two plays, uh, you just look at them and you shake your head. 49ers have to improve that. Good news for them potentially is that Green Bay is one of the few teams in the league that ranked worse in special teams efficiency than the 49ers this year. The Packers were dead last at number 32. So it's going to be a matchup of two very bad special teams units. That being said, Robbie Gold delivered for the 49ers today. Two kicks of 50-plus yards. Obviously, 49ers needed every bit of uh, those two kicks because if they're only leading by three instead of six at the end of the game, Dallas plays that a whole lot differently. Uh, and by the way, the way Dallas played the end of that game, that's all the talk here in Texas right now. Um, they're trying to blame the officials. Dak Prescott literally said the officials deserved to have debris thrown at them. But Matt, in my opinion, Dallas set themselves up for disaster. They didn't have any timeouts. They had a designed quarterback run. And if you call that with 14 seconds left in the middle of the field, you're at the very best leaving it up to fate. Uh, there's no guarantee you're going to get another snap off. The official did hit the center, but when you're relying on everything to go perfectly, don't be surprised when you lose an extra second, right? And Dallas set themselves up for that, and they also set themselves up for failure by what? Was that an NFL record for the playoffs that it tied 14 penalties from Dallas in this game? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, was close to it. There were 11 penalties in the in the fourth quarter there. Yeah, so, I mean, that was a record-breaking pace, at least, in the fourth quarter for Dallas. But so many of those penalties were procedure penalties. They weren't the type that you could, you know, be like, oh, the officials are, are out to get us. Dallas just looked like a poorly coached team that did not run the right play at the right situation there at the end of the game. They might have been getting greedy. They were trying to get a 25-yard attempt at the end zone instead of a Hail Mary. But uh, when you get greedy, you have to be ready to live with the consequences, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was an oddball game from the, the, the Cowboys' perspective. I mean, not just that, but there was the, the fake punt, which was uh, nicely executed by them. The 49ers seemed to be ready for it. They had a cornerback, their, their most veteran cornerback, Josh Norman, who started more games this year than any other cornerback cor- for the 49ers, 14, and he just got turned around. Uh, and they completed it. So they're, they're on their roll there. And, and then they keep the punt unit on for the next play, even though it's a first down. It was just such a bizarre sequence. I, I, I still don't know what they were trying to do. But, yeah, I mean, when you decide to run the ball up the middle uh, with no timeouts left, um, you're, you're asking for trouble. And it, it's almost as if that, that, that run by Dak Prescott went longer than they – thought it would because uh, it, it took them so deep that obviously there was no time left on the clock. Um, just uh, just a weird game for them. Offensive holding penalties, defensive holding penalties for them. I haven't seen more than one of those in a game. The, the Cowboys had two. Uh, so, um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of unpacking, and we were we were hearing it. David and I were in the press box, a very noisy press box, a lot of chatter from the uh, the Cowboys writers trying to kind of digest what they'd just seen. Their, their season's over, obviously, but um, 
you're, you're, uh, I think you're absolutely right, David, in that they're going to be trying to to blame the officials at the end. One interesting note, uh, Dennis, is that it was the same referee, Alex Kemp, who handled that game in Seattle earlier this year, uh, and that's the game in which um, Elijah Mitchell, uh, to me, it was a, a blatant shot to the head that he absorbed and it ended up being a, a concussion that cost him, what, the next four games? Something like that, three or four. Uh, and so uh, this this may have been a little bit of recompense, at least karmic uh, recompense for that earlier game in Seattle. Maybe you guys can explain this to me. I on on that one end around when and I, I I think it was fourth and eight or third and eight, and Debo gets that ball, and he and he he's tackled right at the marker. Um, they say it's a first down. The referees call it a first down, and then they go to New York and they move the ball back and remeasure, and then it, then 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 the 49ers are short. Uh, then they go for it, and then it's offsides and all that stuff. But how, how is that that they can move the ball back after it's already been set and it's been called a first down? Do you guys remember that play? Yeah, I mean, that's what made the finish particularly torturous, right? Because they literally moved it back enough so that they'd be short by like a centimeter, not even an inch. It was like less than less than yeah. an inch. And then obviously How can that, you move it back? Well, it's just it's just a, a look at the spot, essentially. I think the way that they did it was prolonged and drawn out, but obviously you could challenge the spot, and that was final two minutes. They looked at the spot and they said, Well, we got the spot wrong, so we'll move it back. And instead of moving it back a defined amount, uh, and and ruling it a first down or not, they said we'll move it back and then we'll remeasure, which just made it look like you know this prolonged joke. And obviously the 49ers came out on the short end of the stick. Then they compounded the issue by you know having the quarterback sneak in place, but the Jimmy Garoppolo took the snap too soon because he got over eager because he saw he liked the look that he saw, and Trent Williams didn't have time to get set, so that led to the false start, led to the punt, and then Dallas had the final. Final shot. So uh, I think that they were within their you know rights to, to look at the play, but the way that the officials looked at it, right, Matt, it it just made it also tedious and so disjointed at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I don't know how long that fourth quarter lasted, but um, you know that was a that that game was going at a nice clip. Um, to, to give you an indication, the the Rams game, which included almost a full overtime period, that lasted three hours and twelve minutes. This one ended in regulation, lasted three hours and sixteen minutes. That's a that's a long game, um, and like I said, it was disjointed. It was up and down, and and you guys are right. I mean, it wasn't just the Cowboys who sort of outsmarted themselves. Uh, you know, the Forty ers moved uh, Trent Williams from the left side to the right side. They didn't wait for him to really kind of establish himself, and he he was flagged for a false start. Uh, they got a little bit too cute, I thought. Um, you know, all you needed was, as David said, two centimeters. I mean, something very small. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo ended up getting it. And by the way, he's been excellent on quarterback sneaks. He, he's not a small quarterback. He's, you know, over 220 pounds. So when, when he sort of burrows in there, he usually gets it. Uh, it just seemed like an unnecessary um, you know, addition to that play. And it ended up uh, almost costing the 49ers. But that's just how oddball weird that fourth quarter got. I mean, 
uh, it's it's almost as if it started to snowball for b- both teams there in that fourth quarter. And you know, you guys were there in the stadium. What what was the fan? I mean, was it was it? I didn't see much red on television, but you know, social media just looked like there were a lot of 49er fans. Yeah. So the upper deck was primarily 49ers fans, especially on the sideline of of the 49ers on that side of the stadium. The when you got to the lower level, especially behind the Cowboys bench, which might have been the way that the TV cameras were situated. I think they were because the press box was on our side. So the TV cameras point away from the press box toward the Cowboys bench. So it's going to look like there are a lot more Cowboys fans. There actually were. There were 93,000 total fans in the stadium. And I think Matt and I, what do we estimate? About 40,000 49ers fans, maybe 35 to 40. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And last week it was over half for sure. 49ers fans. This week it was under half for sure. But it was still a sizable contingent. You still saw Dallas commit, what, like five or six procedure penalties offensively. And I think the 49ers crowd had something to do with that, Matt. Yeah, I mean, last week it was the the Rams having to go with a a silent count. Um, This this week the 49ers had to do that. But, I mean, it got loud in there, David, um, when the 49ers had the ball. But you can imagine how much louder it could have gotten if it had been now, even 80% uh, Cowboys fans. I mean, that's a, that's a building that holds a lot of voices, uh, almost 100,000. And we talked about this in the run-up to the game. I think that's the most uh, of, of any of these stadiums. So, I mean, it, it was clear that uh, that helped the 49ers. It could have been a lot worse. There could have been probably more mistakes. I don't think they had any, aside from the uh, – the Trent Williams won any false starts, or at least n- none that were that seemed to be noise induced. So, I mean, that to me is good. And now, Dennis, they're heading to basically the the opposite type of stadium. They, they played in these two indoor Taj Mahals the last two weeks. Now they're going to the ultimate sort of old school outdoor uh, kind of nineteen uh, fifties era, probably earlier type of type of stadium. Uh, do, you, do you have any good memories of, of playing in uh, in Green Bay in the cold? <laughs> I have no good memories of playing. My, my last NFL game was at Green Bay in the cold, and you know that now that stadium gets. I mean, it's an old raggedy looking stadium, but it, it reminds me of a candlestick. It's got so much history there, uh, and the crowd you know gets really loud, and it gets and it gets cold. I mean, I don't know what the temperatures are going to be. I'm sure it's going to be minus something teens. Uh, it's going to be a cold football game, but you know, it's it's you know, it's Green Bay. It's what you expect this time of year. Uh, you know, you have to have, you have to have that mental mindset. Don't don't let that cold get to you, uh, and just play the football game. But uh, I don't know how you know the 49er fans will travel to uh, to Green Bay. I don't. I don't think you'll see that that much red in the stands. Uh, and we know, you know, Green Bay. Those fans, they love. They they're part owners of the team. They they love that football team. So, I mean, you really got to get your mindset uh, to play in kind of a hostile environment, and and that's what you're going to get. But you're on the road. You know, you're on the you're in the playoffs. And I just remember when when Colin Kaepernick went there, you know, whatever year that was, and just just ate him up. So that's the mindset you have to get. You know, you're on the road, but you still got to take care of business. Well, uh, it's again, it's going to be this huge measuring stick for the 49ers. This season has been so long. Obviously, they tacked on the extra regular season game, which I think just makes the value of player development on a coaching staff and, and how it's able to impart that development on a roster so much more important based on how much of a marathon these seasons are. It had been 112 days 
since the 49ers lost the Packers in, in week three. And that, that wasn't even the very start of the season. You obviously had weeks one and two before that and the preseason and training camp before that. So just gives you an idea of uh, just how much can happen over such a long period of time. And now the 49ers toward the end of this road, they hope it's not the very end of this road, but that they have another chance at the Green Bay Packers. But but still, zooming out, they, they went into Dallas and they beat the Cowboys. And that's something that a lot of people didn't expect them to do. In fact, the 49ers were three-point underdogs in this game. And uh, they came out hot offensively. I don't think that we've talked about this enough because we talked about the mistake Garoppolo made late. Um, he's still playing with a torn ligament in his thumb. And maybe it is a coincidence. Maybe it's not a coincidence that he missed two key throws later on after he had attempted uh, a lot of throws. He looked so much sharper, right, in the first half than he did in the second. Missed Brandon Ayuk on a throw really across the field. That was a deeper throw, but Ayuk was wide open, probably could have sealed the game much earlier. And then uh, he, he sailed Ayuk on, on that one throw that was intercepted by the Dallas Cowboys. And that opened up the door for Dallas. But what opened up the door for the 49ers in the first half to grab control of the game was just really, really efficient play from the entire offense. And Garoppolo was getting rid of the ball on time. We talked about Dallas having a really dangerous edge rush, but the 49ers generally were handling it. Garoppolo was doing a good job, uh, you know, not exposing himself to those risky hits and exposing the 49ers to those risky throws. They marched down the fields, you know, swiftly and drive one. And then even though they were settling for some field goals later, um, they were getting points. And against a Dan Quinn defense that had been ranked number two in the league, right, that's that's a good thing to do. Uh, and that first half was impressive. So that's why we say this was a team win, Matt, because although the offense wasn't perfect from zero to 60, they were good over the first 30 for sure. And then the defense really was solid over the whole 60. And it took every bit of those components for the 49ers to get this big playoff win. Yeah, they were the sharper team early on. And that was, that was something that we were wondering about. I mean, uh, the 49ers have been in playoff-like mode for a while now. And, and so the question was, okay, is that going to be too taxing for them over over time? Or does that mean that, you know, they're, they're already in the right mode that they need to be in? I think uh, the answer certainly early on was was the latter. Remember, the, the Cowboys played sort of a, a quasi-game against the, uh, the, the Eagles to end the season. Um, they, they did not have to be as sharp uh, over the last month uh, as the 49ers had to be. And uh, I think that that really benefited them in the, in the first half. And, in, and it brings up a, a question about going into Green Bay. Green Bay gets that, that beautiful bye week, you know, that, that week to, to heal. They've kind of wrapped up the number one seed, you know, well in advance of, uh, of week 18. They have not been in back against the wall, got to win it mode like the 49ers have. And I, I just wonder how they'll start out. Um, you know, you can never really predict it. Sometimes teams that have buys start out on fire. Sometimes it takes them a while to get warmed up. But like I said, to begin with, I think the 49ers have to really like how everything has evolved to this point uh, because uh, they are playing well. We'll have to wait on Nick Bosa. We'll have to wait on Warner. The the early word, very early word on Sunday night was that that no, nobody thought that either of those two injuries were were all that serious. Um, concussions are, are funny, so you can't um, you, you you can't go off of uh, how the guy is is looking and reacting right after the game. There could be re repercussions a little bit later. But 
Um, there, there just seemed to be a, a confidence about this team, even after that uh, that ugly uh, ending to it. Uh, they're 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 for the most part uh, playing their best football right now. Like with what I said, that the two basics: stopping the run, running the ball. <laughs> That's what you need to do in the playoffs, <laughs> and this team does that. Yeah, and you know, you look at that first drive. I mean, I was so impressed with that for, that first drive. It was just it was flawless. I mean, you. I don't know if it was. I think it was like 78 yards or something. Just flawless. I mean, executing on all levels. And we talk about this offensive line. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked not once uh, in this football game. He had a, he had an interception, and you know that's what Jimmy does. He's going to throw an interception. But that first drive, those scripted plays, those first scripted plays, it was just flawless. And I think that set the tone. I think you know Dallas looked up and they're like, "Holy shite, these guys are for real." Uh, and, you know, they, they, they continue. I think they scored on their first four possessions. Field goals, you know, not touchdowns, but, you know, still points on the, on the scoreboard. So, I mean, if you, can, if you can take that attitude, that mentality, and take it on the road into Green Bay, I mean, that helps you out so much during the game. Just setting the tone. You know, and you have your defense go out and go three and out. Just setting the tone. Uh, and then not letting the team stay in a football game. Not making those mistakes. Uh, on special teams and keeping a, a, a team uh, in a football game, I think you do good in Green Bay. Well, I, I think that's a that's a good way to kind of summarize it. If the 49ers set the tone like they did in this game against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they can play with anybody. And hey, even if they don't set the tone, this 49ers team is talented enough to uh, beat a team like the Rams after falling behind 17 to nothing in Week 18. So. Two different elimination games played over the course of the week. Two different ways to win exhibited by the 49ers. And that's a big deal. It's a sign of a good, adaptable team. You know, I call it 49ers football torture. Kind of like the San Francisco (laughs) Giants in 2010, 2012, 2014. They said Giants baseball was torture. Well, uh, torture never felt so good now for for 49ers fans. You, You beat the Rams. You beat the Cowboys. And now uh, you get to, you know, really relive the 1990s over a, a two-week span. You get the Green Bay Packers now. So we get to kind of relive Dennis's career here, going from the Cowboys <laughs> to the, the Green Bay Packers. Dennis, you guys had to overcome Dallas. Now you uh, – then you had to overcome Green Bay, obviously. Um, that that was the, the, the last game of your career over there at Lambeau Field. I know there are bad memories, but uh, are you excited for the 49ers to perhaps uh, atone – for, for those bad memories. You know, I know it's those uniforms you didn't like, but the uh, 49ers geez. can go and they, they, they can make amends for for what, uh, you know, you complain about a lot on the podcast, <laughs> that one frigid day in Green Bay when Steve Young tried to play with a dislocated rib. And we had them white, them white uniforms on, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited for this team. You know, I, I mean, it, it's not having a Nick Bosa, not having a Fred Warner if they're not out there, that's going to be huge, but... I mean, this team has to have a lot of confidence. And, you know, I forget that this is the first playoff. It was the wild card round. I mean, I'm still thinking last week was a playoff game. It's exciting football to watch. And, you know, these guys, all the different guys standing up, you know, when it's your time to play. And I always say players make plays. And and, and that's what it's been the last couple weeks. Players have really stood up and made plays. And we've seen some young guys really grow up. Uh, uh, on this football team. And we've seen some, you know, we've seen some guys that have been around for a while make big plays. So that's what it's about, you know, especially at this time is to make plays when they count. So I'm excited about next week and it's it's going to be cold. 
Uh, it's probably going to be, the field's probably going to be crappy. But, you know, it, it, that, that's what you do. That's how you play football. That's real football. And it's going to be old school football. And you're going to play against, you know, a future Hall of Famer. And it's an opportunity to get after him. And I think the 49ers match up well against the Green Bay Packers. But you got to play good, clean football. Well, we'll see uh, how it goes next week. It's definitely going to be written about a lot. Just like uh, this Cowboys rivalry was. The Packers and the 49ers obviously have a much more recent rivalry than Dallas and San Francisco. So, uh, looking forward to, to getting that one going in that cold weather in Lambeau Field. Anyway, that's it for now. We'll talk to you guys again in the middle of this week. This ride, you know, it may be coming to an end soon or maybe it's just getting started for the 49ers in the playoffs. That's what you don't know about this team because they always really seem to skate on thin ice. So we'll see what happens next for the San Francisco 49ers. Fresh off of a rousing victory over Dallas on the road. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you next time on the Here's the Catch podcast. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.